Rangers, this is Zordon. It's time for another episode of the Canned Air Podcast. All right, it's monster time. everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today from the uh, nonprofit organization, the League of Enchantment, and here also to talk about his uh, Space Ghost cosplay, amongst many others, we welcome Seamus Smith to the show. Seamus, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, guys. I appreciate being here. We're going to have a really good show today. Again, I say that all the time. I know, I know, I know, but... Uh, I mean, I mean, especially good this one. Especially good. Jays are back. This one, the Jays are back in town. Yes, yes. (laughs) Outnumbered again. Get rid of that R. In our retro roundtable, though, inspired by our guest, we are going to be talking about our favorite costumes from throughout pop culture on our heroes, our villains, wherever they come from. I'm excited to do that. Yeah. And then we're going to turn our full attention uh, over to Seamus and talk more again about the League of Enchantment. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, you want to show support and get some extra content in the meantime, head over to Patreon.com forward slash CandarePod. For $5 a month, you can get access to our Candare Patreon pod. A fun show now has, what, 28 episodes. That's a lot. Yeah, That's a catching lot. up to the regular one. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> well, slowly, but it's, it's getting there. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. So let that be some incentive for you. Uh, guys, what am I forgetting? Uh, we are syndicated. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's better than canned air on your player is canned air in the morning. Yeah. So listen to us on Cuyahoga mm-hmm. Valley Network uh, every uh, morning, 9 a.m. till 10 p.m. or 10 a.m. There it is. There it is. And a few more things here to mention quickly. Uh, we are starting a residency with uh, the band Adamera here on the show, which is the band of Mike Coletti, who uh, he and Randy are putting together the Torgs convention yep, that yep. has been blowing up on our social media <laughs> for the past couple months here. But uh, yeah, we are going to be uh, featuring them for the next, looks like, five weeks, uh, going out on uh, one of each of the songs from their EP, uh, Am I Human? So looking very forward to that. I love going out on music uh, from local bands and stuff like that. Yeah, they're so great. stay at the end. Stay to the end. That's that's what we're getting at. That's what we're getting yeah, at here. And also, one more thing. Don't forget to uh, check out an interview that uh, Randy and I did with Mr. John Orlando of the PVD Cast. It should be out by the time you're hearing this. So head over to pvdcast.com and uh, check it out. And with all that behind us, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. All right, gentlemen, our favorite costumes from throughout pop culture. Jack, why don't you kick us off since we haven't seen you in a while? I don't know. It seems like I've been here. I haven't been here for a while. I know. It's good to have the have the, <laughs> the boys back, you yes. know, have the, have the original crew back. So one costume that I always wondered if it was going to come out right, and I was always worried that it wasn't going to come out right on the screen from comic books is Magneto. Mm, yeah. Just the okay. way Ooh, his yeah. helmet was always real buckety i guess in the comics it, yeah but the way that they kept it shaped to his head and now you're talking ian mckellen's magneto oh, are all you... of them really i mean they've all they've gotten better but 
just the the the, the way the helmet was. When they did it in uh, what was it like first class and like uh, was it first class where he actually had it bright red and had the little insignia on the front no. at the end? That was, was that? Apocalypse, maybe? I don't I remember. remember. I don't remember. Ooh. But it definitely took on that dome shape in those yeah. movies much more than the Ian McKellen one. That was just more of like kind of a skull cap that, yeah. you know what I mean? It didn't yeah. like drape down behind his head like the other one did. But it still kept the, the good look without being too mm-hmm. big on his head. Like, yeah, I definitely dug yeah. it. I definitely dug it. But, Kind of reminiscent of a gladiator helmet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I never thought of that. Didn't make it look like he was wearing a Home Depot bucket on his head with a, <laughs> with a T cut out of the middle. Yeah. Yeah. That's what uh, the worry was before that. Could be makeshift uh, Magneto helmet or Mandalorian helmet. Either way you look yeah, at it, much, just a bucket yeah. with a T cut in the front. <laughs> right. Uh, Shameless. Yeah, what true. about you? Uh, favorite favorite costume. Boy, I, I really think the translation of Deadpool's costume to the screen from the comics to the oh. screen was was amazing. Yeah. The um, you know just how do you take an iconic character like that in the comics, who's ridiculously oversized at times, ridiculously shaped, depends on who's drawn him, but then make him look legit on a movie screen? Yeah. One thing that that's I think- difficult really pulls that outfit together is on the back of his head, the top of his head, like that that little like bit of fabric, the little little tuft type thing. Yeah. 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 That, if that wasn't there, I don't think any of it would really work. It's not bad. Like when you put the hood of your hoodie up and you have a big, Conehead all of a sudden right. sticking yeah. on the back. They actually yeah. kept it right. subdued just enough to keep it there. And that the eyes are animated and moving and that's reacting. The best part that's, of it, yeah. that's a big, big part, too. Because mm-hmm. if they were stationary. And, you know, within that first Deadpool movie, you saw like three different versions of the costume as he developed into the character he was. Yeah. That was cool to see. You know, wearing white and getting covered in blood and then realizing he can't do that. He needs to be red. (laughs) This is a flawed method. Right. Yeah, that's a good one to bring up. That's a very good one. Randy, we're over to you now. So uh, me being the huge Power Ranger fan I was, um, I always loved the Green Ranger. And then I remember he went away for a while and I was looking through the... uh, jc penny catalog and saw like the upcoming toys and saw the white ranger we know what you were doing in that catalog <laughs> well, yeah, aside from that you know gotta, <laughs> gotta get my lingerie fixed somehow um, uh. but i remember seeing the white ranger and like just my little mind was blown like well yeah. it's a white ranger like it looks like a green ranger but it's white like mm-hmm. how'd that happen and just the cool sword he had and just yeah it was that's definitely one that I have written right here on my list. And it's <laughs> no, don't be sorry. I, I'm just going to piggyback on you right here. It's uh, funny because when those outfits came out, you know, the Rangers seem so cool. But right. you, when you sit back and look at them, like these stretchy spandexy things, <laughs> just, yeah. I don't know. They, they don't really emanate badassery, I guess. Mm-hmm. If you're unless you're like really into the Power Rangers, I don't know how to convey what I'm trying to say, but there's something about the green and white Rangers outfits, the chest armor. That's got to be what it is, yeah, right? Because when the ra- when the Red Ranger took that on, I was like, you know what, I I, I do kind of like him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all in the chest piece, yes. isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, you got to bring that out. 
is this why like you think in the 80s like women put those great big like shoulder pads and jackets just to make themselves seem more intimidating yeah. I guess. <laughs> well no no villain is uh you know complete without having bulked up shoulders either that's true yeah. look at doom and you look at, at doom thanos uh apocalypse yeah shredder 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 Shredder, there you go. Got to have giant shoulder armor or giant shoulders. Zed. Lord Zed. Did he? Did he? I don't know. Bad guy. I mean, just having all of his, like, muscles and veins and shit exposed was enough, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Like, does this one need shoulder pads, really? You can see his spleen. (laughs) All right. Um, Who do I want to bring up here? Let's say, okay, this one's kind of weird, but Wario. Now, when uh, Wario first was, I think his first game was a Game Boy game. Correct. Right? Super Mario Land 2. Yeah, and his his color scheme was like, so, it's so weird. Yellow and purple. Like, yeah. I don't know who <laughs> would put that together, but there's something about it that, uh, I don't know. Do you guys remember in the in the Captain Planet how there was like a bad version of Captain Planet? Captain like Pollution. Captain Pollution. Mm-hmm. Like, he always reminded me of that. Somehow that yellow and purple emitted like this toxic kind of uh, <laughs> feeling with that character. But I've always loved Wario and always loved his look. Now, uh, Waluigi, I, he's just like blue, right? His he's outfit? Blue and purple, I think. Blue and purple. I've never really dug his outfit. He's never really stood out to me. Mm. But Wario, love Love that character and love his outfit, for sure. Waluigi, what a name. Waluigi. (laughs) Some interesting names in those games. Right? (laughs) Very. All right, Jack, we are back to you. This one's not too old. It's a couple years old. But did you guys see the Netflix series Glow? Yes. Bits and pieces. No. Zoya, whatever, whatever her whole title was, the... The Russian? The Russian girl, yeah. Does she have like her hair like up in a... Banana clip? Yeah, like yeah. a great big, yeah. almost like a mohawk thing. Yeah, but on top of that, she would wear like the big babushka or whatever, that yeah. big Russian furry hat on top. But it's something about her her costume that she wears. I mean, let alone her looking good in it. It's something about... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just stands out and it's super memorable. It's skin tight. Her breasts are top, popping out the top. I just I don't know what it is. The shoulder pads. Kind of like Power Girl. Yeah, 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 yeah really. <laughs> I can't tell you Power what I like Girl this window. character. <laughs> yeah, it is a window, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Her character is so super memorable in the show. There's only one reason that hole's there on Wonder Girl, right? I mean, what purpose does it serve other than to show off her goods? That's it, as far as I know. Yeah, it's, yeah there is no other purpose. Exactly. <laughs> and the artists would <laughs> embellish it more and more until they got in trouble to tone it down a little bit. Though. Is that right? Yeah, it was like uh, issue six, I think it was, where they had, they were told to um, make her look more normal or slow down. <laughs> All right, guys, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean... She's so top heavy, she would just fall forward. Now we have to stop. <laughs> cleavage lines are getting a little long. Unbelievably right. big cleavage. <laughs> I, think we, I think we found an episode title. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh my God. Okay, where are we? We are back to Seamus now. Well, there's been, I don't know how many Spider Mans on the screen, Ooh. but you look at, yeah, I mean, it's the evolution of the suit of spider-man you you go back to the tv shows and then into the movies and it seems with every generation it's gotten better 
all the way up to Tom Holland's versions, which just they're like next level. You see Iron Spider with the mm-hmm. the extra legs popping out, him rolling in the suit, and the first time you see that those those legs come out and him just roll. And then the the added battle scenes with that suit with the legs just flailing around and taking yeah. out all of the bad guys. It's incredible. And it's just like what kid wouldn't want to have that? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I who would have ever thought you'd get to see Iron Spider on the big screen, you know, in like two thousand six, seven. Like, oh my right. God. And there we've seen it. I would have right. loved to seen it. And this is just me being red a, and gold. Red and gold. Yeah, and just me here. being a comic prick, I guess. But yeah. um it was still cool nonetheless. When the legs came out, it yeah. was a total different feeling than you're yeah. like, Yeah, it's Iron Spider, but it's not the right color. <laughs> oh my god, it's got the legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an end game. At that point the color goes out the window and you're just excited yeah. that the legs are <laughs> flailing around. It just you're like, Whoa. When he's it's when you leap up in the theater and cheer, yeah. yes, exactly. And and like uh, in Endgame, when he's bear hugging the gauntlet and he turns right. on instant kill, and it's just piercing everyone through mm-hmm. their head that gets remotely close. It's like, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a force unto himself at that point. Yeah, yeah, he's barely in control of what's yeah. all over. <laughs> oh yeah. Another uh, Spider-Man I think really worth mentioning was be the I love the outfit in the first Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Man because it wasn't over the top. You know, Tobey Maguire's was so unbelievable. This dude made this in his apartment. Yeah. Yeah. And Andrew Garfield's looked like he made it in his apartment. The Oakley glasses. He just popped some lenses out of some glasses, sewed them in. And then the suit actually fit kind of baggy on him in scenes Mm -hmm. in certain parts. It wasn't like skin tight, you know, showing off his six pack and everything, (laughs) you know, it looked realistic, and it pulled me right in. Well, yeah, um, when he's skydiving, you can see it rippling. Yes. Off of, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was oh, yeah. really big on that outfit. Yeah. So I, if I, I had Spider-Man on my list, too, but I had the uh, Mach 2 uh, spider armor. I remember getting that comic. It was like the front of it was like green, and then you had that silver Spider-Man armor on it. You know what I'm talking <laughs> I about? think so. Um it had to be like mid nineties, I think. Yeah, just like a, like all silver and like black outline Spider Man. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like in, I remember yeah. in the old games, you could uh, that was kind of like your star mode and from Mario. You know, okay. you could get something that would turn you into that for a short period of time. But um, I, I really don't know the story behind that armor or anything. Right. Seamus, do you? Was that a shield thing? It might have been. Could've I remember been. the comic. I just don't remember what the the context. Yeah, of I don't. It was. I don't remember the storyline, but it seemed like it was more military-esque, the, the usage. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because where else is he getting that? <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, right. when he would jump and do his moves, like, the leg pieces would, like, stick up, kind of like a, almost like medieval armor, almost. Oh, like his right. shin guards, yeah. like, up past his knee, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. So that's just one. And I think did they do something with that in the animated series? Was that suit make it into the animated series at some point in the nineties? I think it might. I feel like it did. I don't remember. That whole last season of that series was uh, the Secret Wars, and it had like some of the X Men, it had Captain America, maybe some of the Fantastic Four. It was really really cool. And Spider Man was in charge of it. You guys remember that? Not that part. I remember when it started getting real heavy with uh, Madam Web. That's what it's that was started. the same oh, thing. Was that, okay. that was the yeah. same thing. Mm-hmm. She That's was like leading him to like out on it. She was telling him you were going to go on to lead this team, and mm. Spider Man was in charge of leading them all on. But um, anyway, 
without going down Foxhole. It's on <laughs> Disney Plus. Check it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings us over to Randy. Oh, it's my turn again? Okay, cool. Piggybacking off your video game reference, mm-hmm. uh, the Tanuki suit from Mario 3. This is so. the raccoon... It's the raccoon esque, but, but it's the hit, full suit one. Correct. And yeah. Then I remember getting that as a kid and um, hitting, just mess around and hitting the down B or whatever it was that tra- transformed you into that statue. And just yes. Blowing my mind. It was really cool. Yeah. And then I would start trying to like jump and like just drop on enemies and stuff like For that. For so. people who might not know what Randy's mm-hmm. talking about, it's, you know, you had the, the raccoon tail and ears that would make you fly, but there was another suit that was. Uh, Essentially the same thing, but it was a full suit. Just your face was exposed. And when you held down and B together, I think, I think it was, yeah. you would turn you into a statue that would make you invisible to enemies. They just walk right past you. But it would only hold for like 10 seconds or something, something like before that, it disappear. Yeah. Do you run on all fours with that suit? No. No. You run normal. <laughs> <laughs> My God, that would be entertaining, though. That was like the frog suit. Yeah. The frog suit he yes, did. Yes. And let me tell you what, there's nothing more horrifying in Mario three than having that frog suit and watching that big mouse bath bath uh, damn it that big, <laughs> big mouth Bertha. bass there yes. we go coming after you Yay. horrifying because <laughs> as soon as you get that thing you lose it that of the hammer brother suit was that was cool. badass that, that was, was awesome that was a tie with me yeah that was a good one faux show all right we back to me I think so, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to call this a favorite. I'm going to call this one of my least favorites. You know, we've kind of looked at the MCU already. How many times have we seen Captain America? And almost every time, he looks oh. pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Except for in the first the Avengers first Avengers. Uh, Cap was one of mine, too. He looks yeah. so derpy. He looks so derpy. And I thought it looked so cool well, which, when he had that. When the Avengers came out, I was like, man, that looks just like Cap's suit. Yeah. But see, it's like they, they didn't do like enough like muscle definition no, or something. No, because he looks so scrawny. He looks so wimpy and weeny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, right. When those cops are like all taking orders from me and stuff like, why are they listening to this little weird? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he looks like a Power Ranger <laughs> without a shield. <laughs> yeah, they he definitely did, did actually, it yeah. as they went on, especially with Endgame with having the, yeah. the scales on his armor. But, you know, even the movies that came before Avengers, you know, the first Avenger, his outfit looked awesome in that, I thought. You know, he looked awesome. The one he'd go on stage in? Oh, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the pajamas. <laughs> no, the World War II one. Yeah. Yes. After the stage yes. one, when he decides to, you know, He's got the jacket over it. The bomber jacket. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That outfit. That was awesome. And he actually had the like the army helmet with the A on it, you know, mm-hmm. instead of it being like yep. the pullover thing. Oh, it was cool. It was cool. But I'd say oh, Winter Soldier was probably one of my favorites. That was such a cool outfit. Yeah. And movie. Is that the stealth suit yes with the silver stripes across the chest yes i loved that outfit that movie that's gotta yes. be the best captain america movie i would say no i would say yeah the captain america movies yeah. so good yeah. it's so good i don't know i yeah, can hardly is... look at civil war as a captain america movie no. it's hard to you know yeah, yeah that was what avengers no, it's like almost avengers yeah 2.1 yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah that's just basically a continuation of the avengers that's all that is mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly all right, all right. That was me. So we're back to back Jackery. To so I didn't. I had a an epiphany. I guess. I guess you would call it. Have you guys seen the new uh, Scooby Doo movie trailer? Yes, coming out. Uh, yes, when he's a puppy. Yeah, I, I I've I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen a trailer. Well, seen the movie looks great, and uh, they show Blue Falcon and Wonder. Mm-hmm. Wonder 
Wonder Twins? No. Dynamite? Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Dynamite. And that made me realize that Blue Falcon was one of the coolest characters I always thought, too. Uh, he was... I don't even know who the hell this is. Hanna-Barbera. He was... Hanna-Barbera. Well, original uh, late 60s. Yeah. He was almost like a, a cross between Space Ghost and Batman. Exactly, yeah. Yes. And I don't think... I, maybe I wasn't so... Because, well, the only Batman I was... I really knew about was the Super Friends Batman and Robin. Okay. Okay. And that was on Scooby-Doo. And Blue Falcon just seemed more... More of a superhero, I guess. <laughs> More serious. And then Dynamut was just the bumbling idiot that he was. Okay, I'm looking at him here now on he's, my phone. Yeah, he's he basically looks... the, the superhero version of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. yeah. Dynamut, not Blue Falcon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to clarify. Yeah, yes. No, uh, I do vaguely remember this guy, but I can't... He was in Scooby-Doo primarily? Did they have their own show? or? I don't remember. Uh, I, I don't know if there was a Blue uh, Falcon and Dynamut series maybe future force was it yeah future i think it was force? future force wasn't it I, think, I don't remember i think you're right i remember seeing yeah. it like as a standalone I yeah because hannah barbera like clumped all their heroes together for like their version of the justice league right oh son yeah. of a bitch hmm. crafty, crafty. <laughs> <laughs> i did not know that but he popped in that trailer and i was like oh my god blue falcon i totally forgot yeah. about him it's a great part in that uh trailer too mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to watch it's kind this. of the um almost a lampoon of like well batman yeah-esque but yep. the comedy side, kind of the Super Friends feel. Almost like if you took uh, Gru from uh, the Minions and shoved him in a Batman suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that. So is this movie supposed to be like how he came to know Shaggy or like how... like The trailer shows yeah. a bit of that, yeah, but is I it? don't know if that's really the whole basis of the movie. I see. I'm excited. You know, going back to a conversation, I don't know if it was an episode you were here for or not. We were talking about Hanna Barbera and like where it's gone. It's good to see something Hanna Barbera mm-hmm. coming out. You know, on such a big uh, format too. Yeah, and I've never been huge yeah. on Scooby, but this mm-hmm. movie really looks good. Yeah, it yeah. looks really good. It'll probably be refreshing yeah, to see some of those characters again. You know, they seem unless it's like a Walmart straight to DVD Scooby Doo adventure, Scooby Doo in the WWE, or Scooby Doo <laughs> meets Kiss. You know, other than that, I don't. What Hanna Barbera is really out there. The last Scooby Doo I saw that I enjoyed was when uh, the guys from Supernatural were on it. <laughs> yeah, that episode. Oh yeah, Scooby Natural. Well, that was actually also, quite good. Adult Swim had uh, Harvey Birdman. That's got to be Hannah yep. Barbera something, yeah. yep. you know. And that, yep, that is. So that's that's something they did within the past few years, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, that, was, that was like the early nineties. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, they just they put out like a. Uh, I think it was right after Trump was elected. They put out a uh, quick, like five episode continuation. It was. I don't remember what they called it. But it was uh, Harvey Birdman and something to do with the presidential candidacy. Because remember, Adult Swim sent us a Harvey Birdman hat. It looked like mm. a, one of the Trump Make America Great yeah, again, but it right. said something different on the front. I can't remember <laughs> what it said. But There was another Hanna-Barbera superhero, too, wasn't there? Uh, there was quite a few, yeah, actually. there was multiple. Wasn't there like a caveman one? Captain Thundar. Caveman? Yeah, Captain Caveman. Mitor, was that it? Mighty Mitor? Thundar and the Bar- Thundar the Barbarian. There you go. That's, that's what I'm thinking of. Yep. And uh, was it Frankenstein Junior Junior? 
That's right. Okay. <laughs> yep. And then there was the, uh, what was it, Wonder Twins, Jace and Jada or something like that. Okay. So, yeah, something like that. And Gleek, their stupid alien monkey. <laughs> yep. There, Hanna-Barbera also did. I don't know if you guys had ever seen these, but, you know, growing up in a uh, in a household that was prominently, you know, pushing Christian values on us. Uh, Hanna-Barbera actually did a whole series of Bible cartoons, too. Oh, really? It was called oh, really? Bible Adventures, I think it was called, or something like that. But it was about these uh, three archaeologist kids, like friends, who had were, like, digging around and found this uh, kind of like a Stargate or some kind of shit that sent them through time, but it sends them all back to like the most significant Bible stories, like da- <laughs> Noah's oh. Ark, Daniel in the Lion's Den, and they get to witness firsthand what really happened, you know. And, and I watched those a lot when I was a kid, but very much in the very uh, traditional style Hanna Barbera okay. animation, okay. you know. I haven't thought about those in years, years. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Point of the show, right? I wish I remember what they were called. I can't remember what they're called. I don't think it was Bible Adventures, but something along that line. Okay. You know, it wasn't okay. wasn't the most inventive fucking title. You know? Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Who we... Uh... Seamus, I believe. Seamus, yep. you're up. The Tick. Oh, boy. Good company you're in. Yep. Think of, you know comic books watch reading the tick you've read all those and i'm sure everybody has thought about that when they're reading them how would you turn that into a show and then suddenly you've got patrick orburton dressed as the tick fighting a coffee machine battling the java devil you see that that first scene of him at the bus stop it's amazing the antenna are moving. He's got the yeah. right voice. He's got the right phrasing. The the body suit is just intense. It's just just awesome. I mean, just amazingly awesome. It made me want to go out and like build a tick suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and talk about a perfect casting, Patrick Warburton. My yeah. God. Oh yeah. But yeah, that suit was incredible, especially with like the moving antenna and stuff. That really added to it. I think, Too bad CG wasn't like it is now, where right. he could have animated his eyes, because that's the only yeah. reason why he kept his face open, so you could see his. You know, I just wonder though if that had anything to do with because Patrick Warburton has some star power, and the Tick never takes his outfit off. So for mm-hmm. his face to be, con- I don't know, because he does a lot of voice work too. I don't know. I would think maybe it's a thing where he's like, oh, well, right. you, you got to see my face through this thing. Oh, yeah, one of those type of things. But who knows what it was? That's just <laughs> me thinking Hollywood's probably much more arrogant than it probably is. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Did you see the Amazon I mean, Prime watching, I, I watched some of the uh, the first season, but the his, I guess his phrasing was really cool, but it just did not pull off how Patrick Warburton mm-hmm. spoke those lines. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, Warburton has that way with his voice that he could just, like, read the menu at Applebee's and it'd be funny. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and he's got the face, you know, the Nobody expression else to back that. it up. You know, like, he'll he'll do that, like, real right. eye, <laughs> like, look off in the distance when he says something he thinks to be stoic, you know. What was his name on Seinfeld? Oh, yeah. Putty. Putty, that's right. Yeah, Putty. <laughs> David Putt. I mean, what other guy could pull off I am the wild, the blue yonder? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, high it's awesome. <laughs> the episode, yeah. he was giving high fives all the time. <laughs> I'm not going to hell. You're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Dude's funny. All yeah. right. Um, who are we to? Are we to Randy? Yes, I believe we are. 
do it. So um, I used to watch a lot of Speed Racer back in the day, the cartoon. Oh, the yeah, there you d- go. Disaster of a movie. <laughs> but um, yeah. Racer X, the the mm-hmm. incognito brother, I always used to think was the coolest freaking costume. He had that like X on his face and the white jumpsuit with, I think it was a red X on his uh, jumpsuit too, but... It just yeah. remember I just keep thinking Dexter's Lab. <laughs> While that <laughs> I've never uh, seen Speed Racer. I know oh, what no. it is, but no. I've... Oh, you're missing out. Yeah, you need to check it out, man. The, just for the the crappy like voiceover work. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. See, I, that's probably what drove me away to begin <laughs> with. Isn't that like where they'll be like running and like stop like mid step and like yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, kind of like the uh, the Johnny Quest of racing. Yeah, pretty much exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good description. Oh my god. Okay. Um, did you have any more on that, Randy? No, no, you're good. Uh, one last one I'll mention here is Joaquin Phoenix's uh, Joker outfit. You know, before the movie Whoa. came out and was such a hit, there was a lot of kind of, I guess, like, skepticism going toward his whole look. You know, not only the face paint, but the the suit. But, man, I thought it was spot freaking on, especially after you saw the movie. But, um, like, those faded, um, very 70s look to that outfit, almost. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Faded, washed out look. And it just fit his psyche, I guess, (laughs) you know, his mentality. It fit better than, like, Nicholson's purple suit. Is the Joker? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because if he would have strolled out in the, of that apartment wearing something that loud, and yeah, it w- uh, probably wouldn't have worked as well. It just fit more with the period. It seemed. Yeah, that. yeah. That's another. Thing well, it was just the, the the Joker. You know, basically being a for hire clown. He's not going to have a lot of money, so obviously he's piecing together his clothing from Goodwill and thrift shops, and it just. Yeah, right. I mean, when he's lost his mind and he's just thrown on that suit dyed his own hair green strides out of that apartment it just it just changes everything yeah. just changes in that moment it, it's incredible he finds himself he finds yeah. himself right there oh, yeah this is who i am mm. yeah oh. he realizes he's a psychopath and it's time to take over the world <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to be who yeah. i am I yeah he's become the more. ultimate villain at that point right I cannot wait for the sequel. God, I cannot wait. I wonder if it's going to be... I, I need to get it out of my head because yeah. we've got a while, don't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. All right. Uh, was there any other quick mentions before we moved on? Mm-mm. All right. Now let's turn our attention over to Seamus and talk more about the League of Enchantment. Seamus, thank you so much again for being here with us today. And, um, yeah, man, what an amazing uh, organization this is. Again, a nonprofit that uh, works with local hospitals, Make-A-Wish, mm-hmm. and uh, other nonprofit organizations to you know bring ch- uh, hope to children and uh, put a smile on sick children's face by cosplaying as these characters, uh, like heroes, like Batman, yeah. Wonder Woman, etc. Can you uh, tell our listeners about the League of Enchantment? Um, do you want me to give like a history, or what do you want? Sure, sure, yeah. Like how how you guys came together. Uh, you know what inspires you okay. guys. My story with it is is probably one of the hardest ones to recount. Essentially, I I was doing what I was doing Batman uh, for two years before the league. Um, I started doing Batman. I was in a horrible accident where a little boy ran out in front of me and I I hit him. I was three years old at the time, and I missed him with my truck caught him with the front of my trailer and he flew 90 feet down the road 
and it um, completely shattered his pelvic girdle, broke his leg, broke his arm, blew his spleen apart, fractured his skull, um, concussions, chunks of his flesh. It was horrid. I was on the side of the road, and uh, I made it to him, his mother, and his father all made it. We all made it to him almost at exactly the same moment. His mother was at the mailbox. When I came over the hill and saw him in the road, I swerved hard left, missing his mother by about six inches. And that's when she realized something was going on. His father was in the garage. They'd gotten home putting groceries away. He'd put his son on, I think it was a little play tractor. The son had saw mom go to the mailbox. When dad wasn't looking, got up, ran towards mom and ended up in front of me. We all ended up on the side of the road together over their son. And uh, I watched him pass away in front of me. And the mother turned away and took a deep breath and rolled her son onto his back and gave him CPR and brought him back. And um, after that, it was just a blur of cars stopping, emergency services, policemen, everything. Um, During that time, I never got his name. I never got the parent's name. I didn't know anything. I was, to put it nicely, I was a hot mess. I stood on the side of the road for what felt like hours officer took me to the hospital took a blood draw um, sample to make sure it was no drugs or alcohol in my system by the time i got back it'd been probably five hours since the accident they moved my vehicle to check the brakes and all that they cleared me at the scene of any wrongdoing but i didn't know anything i didn't know if the boy had survived and it was um a week later a guy from a local coffee shop called me and let me know the name of the Facebook group that had started to help this kid. He'd survived. And then through all, of, I got to meet him the next day. It was almost exactly a week later. I got to meet him and he was a mess. He was in a body cast from his, his arms, both right underneath his armpits, all the way down to his knees. There was a hole to change his diaper. He was on all kinds of medication covered in staples and stitches and, bruises everywhere it was just a mess getting to the house i had to walk to the front door it was the longest 20 feet of my life i didn't know what was going to happen going through that door i didn't know if i was going to get hit or spit on or whatever i I hit their son it was you know I, I expected something and uh the mother hugged me and uh we both basically just broke down in the entryway she didn't know who I was. I didn't know who she was, but I was a guy who hit her son. And uh, she introduced me to him, and um, he was pretty drugged up and kind of out of it. But he kept saying he wanted to watch Batman, and they had um, Batman versus Superman, he, the first Affleck. And um, we ended up watching the movie. And, uh, you know, I looked around, and they had toys. I brought some toys for him. So I didn't want to go there empty-handed. And found out he loved Batman. And so... Over the next few weeks, I started researching costumes, found out his aunt and I started talking. They were going to do a fundraiser for the family because they were both, she just graduated college, didn't have a job. He was kind of out of work because of the accident, so he had to be there to help, you know, his son. And uh, so we put together this fundraiser. I got a costume, a cheap one online. I kind of fixed it up a little bit, and the whole intent was that I would dress up as Batman so he could meet Batman, his kind of hero, and... It was so busy, I never got to put it on. And then um, it was about a week and a half, two weeks later, uh, there was a trunk-or-treating thing locally, 
and I put it on and all the kids' reactions and interacting with all those kids. It was the first night I slept since the accident. Wow. I just, I slept through the night. I just, I was going through nightmares and cold sweats and all kinds of stuff. And I still struggle with stuff to this day. And um, it kickstarted something in me. I wanted to do more. I went on Facebook. I started looking up Batman groups. I started talking to different guys across the United States that they were putting on suits and going and helping as Batman. And it was this whole new world opened up to me. I went to a Comic-Con a little while later. A guy dragged me into a booth because he'd built a bat pod, but he didn't have a suit. So he had me there. You know, I'm coming there as a, a con goer just to get into this. And I ended up helping him in his booth. And it, him and I are like the closest friends now. We've been friends oh. for almost five years. And um, it just grew. Uh, I got involved with a fundraiser for a kid in Nashville who had leukemia, who wanted to meet Batman. And I, I had this crappy suit. I wasn't going to go down there and stand in front of him. I got a hold of a guy named John, lived in the Carolinas. He drove over and introduced himself as Batman, did the car, the whole thing. Um, it was Black Friday. My phone went off as I was standing in Best Buy to buy Christmas gifts for a, a blocked call. And it was Dave Lee. Dave Lee was Michael Keaton's stunt double. And I'm the point of contact between Dave Lee and his family so he could talk to an on-screen Batman. And it just, from there on, my life ended up changing and, and evolving more and more. And, you know, somebody sent me a Bale cowl, a Christian Bale Batman cowl in the mail. Wow. And then um, I ended up with a suit at Arkham Knight uh, and then... Another guy in Texas called me and wanted to help me acquire a belt and gauntlets. And it was just like this whole organic thing. And, and suddenly I had a full on bat suit and I'm doing, I was, I did a couple hospital visits for a couple of kids. I ended up at um, a uh, cancer walk and the American Cancer Society here in Michigan asked me to come to their office that week after this walk and basically asked me if I would start going to the walks as Batman. And I ended up going to all these cancer walks and then they stuck me on the radio and I did my first radio interview. And, um, it, it just got to the point where I was doing so much. I couldn't do it by myself anymore. I was doing multiple cancer events a month. I was going to hospital visits. I wanted to, find a team to, to have more people to help me. And there was this little group that had started in a town about 20 miles away from me, League of Enchantment. I met them at um, like a con style event and they had six members at the time. And uh, the girl who'd founded the group, Brittany, was sweetheart of a girl, but she didn't have the, I guess the, the, the ability to make it bigger. And her and I sat down for ice cream. We agreed that you know, I would become a big part of this. Before we left, she'd added me to the Facebook pages and all that and kind of turned over some of the control of the group to me. I went to another convention. I met a lady there named Katie who was dressed as Wonder Woman. And it was her first time cosplaying. And she looked like Wonder Woman, 86 foot one. And she looks like she stepped out of 
a comic book. Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to her. I had the Justice League opener coming up soon. I had I was just going to go by myself. Well, she agreed to go with me as Wonder Woman, and we did that event. She came to another one called How to Halloween, and I got to watch at How to Halloween when this little girl walked up to Katie dressed as Wonder Woman and talked to her about how her skin color was different and how her hair was short and how all the kids at school bullied her because of that. And I watched this six foot one woman crouch down and talk to this little girl face to face. She had a moment and it was incredible. And her and I talked more about the league and we decided to go full bore into this thing. And by January, we'd filed as a nonprofit. We'd put our first board together. We started doing bigger hospital visits. Our first hospital visit was 120 kids as the league. It, it was crazy. It just blew up. First, we, no one would want to see us. No one would want to have. By the time that first year ended, I had done 70 events with the league, and we'd done 140 as a group. Wow. Now we're doing 260 events a year. We're guesting at 9 to 12 Comic-Cons. We've had national coverage on, like, USA Today, um, Apple News, Humankind, all this other stuff. Um, we have a few sponsors that help us out. We're doing, we're averaging a hospital visit every week. Every week we're at a major hospital. We do, we're everywhere. We, we can't keep up. It, it's crazy. We have 90 members now. Holy <laughs> cow, 90 people. Yeah, 90 members. And it's still growing. We're now community partners with Make-A-Wish here in Michigan. Uh, we just got our GuideStar rating, which is like the national um, like report card for nonprofits. Our rating is a platinum level. It is the same as Make-A-Wish America. Wow. That is insane. Yeah. You guys are doing great mm-hmm. freaking work. That is amazing. You just, what it's... an amazing story. I'm so sorry to you. You had to experience that tragedy, but my God, what good has come it's out serious. of it right. and how much joy you're putting into uh, other people's lives who just desperately need mm-hmm. it. What an amazing thing. Our it's got to be so hospital interactions are, oh, it's, it's incredible. I, I love watching our members have their moment and we, we talk about the moment in the group and it was like katie's first moment was that little girl who was bullied and my my daughter was on a visit with us the other day we're doing a school visit we go to schools during march we do march's reading month there had like six thousand kids last year in march it was wow. insane and uh we're all volunteers so we all do this in our spare time like we have any um <laughs> but yeah it's <laughs> we're at a school visit the other day my daughter does supergirl and she's five foot one. She's blonde hair, kind of the classic American look, fits Supergirl to a T, has the, just a wonderful personality. It's incredible. We're at the school visit. There's this little girl there. I can't use names, but this little girl. And we could tell that she needed something. And my daughter was sitting with her. And they were talking about Supergirl. The little girl had worn a little Supergirl outfit to school. It's really connecting to her. Um, and we ended up going down the hall and we were doing the reading part of it. And um, our Spider-Man had this, he brought a great book called uh, Spiders Arg, and uh, was just lampooning the whole thing up, just playing the, the goofy Spider-Man part to a T. But the whole time my daughter is sitting 
sitting in the middle of all these pre-K and first graders, in the middle of all of them, with this little girl who's now edged her way onto her lap, and she's holding her. And my daughter's supposed to read. Oh, it ends up Spider-Man reads. I'm Batman. I end up doing my book. Wonder Woman is there. She does her book. But by then, we don't have any time, so Supergirl can't do her book. But she spent the whole time connecting with this little girl who just desperately needed some attention. And, you know, they all get dismissed, and they all leave, and then we leave the room, and we're going down the hall. We have to pass her classroom. She's standing in the door, waving to us. And as Supergirl gets there, she comes out of the door and wants a hug. But she grabs Supergirl, wraps her arms around her, buries her face in her neck, and starts crying. Won't let go. My daughter ends up carrying her down to the office and sitting with her for five minutes to get this girl to realize that she'll see Supergirl again and that they both had a good time and that this was a wonderful moment. And the girl finally goes back to class and the principal comes to us and says, that girl has never shown emotion in our school before. That is the first time we've seen her interact with anyone. Wow. It's, yeah. That's intense. People... Yeah, those those moments are incredible to me, and I, I love seeing that stuff. You know, the hospital visits where the boy with some sort of cancer, you know, is dragging his stuff down the hall, not to see us, but to get us, to take us to meet his friend who's on the other side of the hospital, not for himself. Or the pictures where we're visiting the kids in the bed, and they send us a picture, and in the background, the doctor is smiling. The doctor, we forget like all the stress these guys go through dealing with all these kids. Or there was a time at a hospital where a janitor stopped us and thanked us because it changed the feel on his floor. Wow. The janitor's floor. That's crazy. Not the nurse's floor, the doctor's floor, not the patient's floor, the janitor's floor. It changed the feel on his floor. And that goes such a long way when you're working a job. I, mean, I can't imagine personally working at a hospital. You know, it'd be hard, I think, to have a... And thank yeah. God there are people out there who can do it, because I'm certainly not one yeah. of them. But uh, I can't imagine it being a place where you often have good days, you know? Mm-hmm. Never thought no. about the people behind the scenes. Yeah. And you think more of the kids right. and the good feelings they get, but not everyone else. The caretakers. Yeah. 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 Never Absolutely. thought about that. You know, and I, I never really thought about it either until we started getting pictures and st- I started seeing the interaction. And then the nurses are stopping us for pictures. And, you know, the guy working the cafe counter wants to come and visit us to get a picture. And it just it changes your perception that, you know, these people are going through a massive amount of stress dealing with this and seeing that loss and seeing that the heartache that they go through and they get forgotten. You know, the the janitor is probably connecting with people and nobody realizes it. And then for them to have to watch those people leave one way or another, it's got to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't do it. Again, (laughs) thank God for those people who can. Seriously. It's it's an interesting life. Yeah, I would say so. But my God, how many... We're all sitting here at the edge of our seats listening to these stories you're telling us because they're just so freaking incredible. I I, I don't even know what else to ask you. I think you pretty much answered everything. (laughs) But man, what an awesome story that is. And there's a mini documentary on YouTube, right, called Behind Behind the Mask? Yep. um, Yep, Behind the Mask is a documentary. 
yeah, people should uh, check that out uh, who are you know interested in finding more about the League of Enchantment. But it was an awesome little documentary. It gives you a, just a good view of exactly everything Seamus is talking about. Yeah, and, and I'll fess up. Like, I ugly cried after watching that. Like, it, <laughs> with somebody that's got two young kids who are, thank God, very healthy, it just it mm-hmm. hit me <laughs> right in the feels. Yeah. So, and yeah, Seamus, seriously, man, my hat goes off to you and your group just for everything well, thank you guys you. do. Absolutely. Well, that... That documentary was put together by a guy named Kyle Watson, and uh, when he started filming that, that was for his college, for his basically his finals. That was one of their um, assignments. By the time he finished filming it, he had joined the league and is now our videographer. Very cool. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, that was how um, it impacted him. And then now he's the one who films the Space Ghost segments and does all the editing. And it just, you know, it, it's like, like organic growth, I guess. Yeah. We've never like really sought out things so much as things have kind of been thrown in our lap. And it's kind of crazy at times what gets thrown to us. You know, I, I, I feel the same kind of way about this show, I guess, more in a selfish way than what you guys are doing. <laughs> but, you know, we, we started doing this podcast with just the hopes of just sitting here talking, but just one at a time started meeting these people who, you know, had uh, the capabilities to do certain things. And over time we've amassed so many friends and Mm -hmm. uh, just people that we would have never known if it wasn't for this. And it sounds like uh, that's the same kind of boat you're in. Yeah. I mean, I never, five years ago, I never ever thought that I would be guesting at a con. I never ever thought I would be speaking in front of groups. I never thought I would do interviews or be on USA Today or do news or do any of that stuff. It, it never passed across my mind. And, you know, I just tried to take the bad that happened and get something good out of it in hopes that it would help me feel whole again. Right. And it's been the best therapy. And to see the impact on our members and to learn the things they go through and why they do it and then to see them get better it's, it's incredible. It really is. I can't imagine. Yeah, because they probably all have their own reasons, you know, like you did for uh, joining the league. Mm-hmm. So, man, how cool. Now, another yeah. thing we've got to touch on here, you just mentioned a little bit ago, are your Space Ghost videos and your <laughs> yeah. Space Ghost cosplay. So mm-hmm. how did how did this all come to be? What inspired you to start uh, doing, you know, interviews, cosplaying, and doing the Space Ghost uh, Live on <laughs> Earth show? Well, we, um, okay, uh, there, we have a, there's a, a member in the league. Her name is Samantha. And, and Samantha is, um, I have this love of old, weird sci-fi, Godzilla, and all, all the strange stuff, oh, like man. the tick, <laughs> the weird superheroes, the odd stuff, the, the, the stuff where most people would probably slide it to the side and watch Iron Man. I'm over there like, show me the weird thing you got. I want to see that. I want to see the strange stuff. So Samantha, would, she likes to come over to my house and we'll sit down at the kitchen table and we kind of like throw out ideas and, and weird things happen. And one of the ideas was we were sitting there and I, I get to, I do a lot of dad jokes and I do a lot of lampooning and I play with my voice a lot. And at one point she goes, you sound kind of like Space Ghost. And I was like, really? I sound like Space Ghost. Okay. <laughs> and I thought it was just an absolute joke. She was like, we should build a suit. Okay. I'm like, I'm game. I don't care. Let's do the suit. I would love to do this character. You know, he's a goofball. You know, George Lowe was fantastic as Space Ghost and throwing out some of the, you know, just the craziest phrases you've ever heard. And uh, 
so her and I came up with a design. We started putting things together. We altered a few things. And uh, we basically, we between her and I, we made a Space Ghost suit. And um, I ended up being asked to come to Motor City Comic Con in Michigan as a guest cosplay judge. And to do, they had me do like three different panels on the league and all the, the, the facets of it. And we ended up accidentally doing a Space Ghost style interview on the con floor and it got filmed and someone commented that me that'd be cool if you guys started doing that well then we started kicking around the idea of doing it and kyle was um there and he's like you know what it'd be awesome if somebody would give us a press pass and i was like well i'm really good friends with one of the guys from one of the cons i'll ask him so i shot him this thing you know hey i'd love to do this is there any way i can get a press pass and he was like sure okay, you're just going to hand me off one of these things. I have no show. I have nothing done. You're just going to give me a press pass. All right, whatever. I'll go with it. I started watching the show a little more and I'm like, well, I can't do this if I don't have a desk. I've got to have a desk. And I'm thinking if I take a desk to a con, I can't just stand in one spot. So I stuck wheels on it. So then we're at the con and I'm rolling the bill. Like I'm a talk show guy type thing. And we're rolling through and um, we interviewing uh, Samantha Burke, who was Gem from Gem and the Holograms. Oh, wow. And we had such a blast that that became our first show. And she was so into it. We it, She ended up flirting with me, which was hilarious, because she started talking <laughs> about my visage, my face, the visage, the beak-like appendage that comes off my nose. And it was just nuts. And um, it, it was just fantastic. And Kyle and I started talking about it, like, you know, this would be cool if we could do this at others. So I hit up with a couple of the other cons. We made like a little promo video out of me being an idiot at the first con. And the next con said yes. And oh, I ended wow. up interviewing more people. I ended up like interviewing like nine. Um, the guy who played Wolver or not Wolver, Sabretooth in the first X-Men. Um, Tyler Main. What's his name? Tyler Main. I interviewed him. Um, there's a couple others. Uh, Amanda, what's her face? She plays Pam Hoovey on Archer. Did an interview with her. Uh, Michael Wayne Foster, who's been on like Walking Dead and stuff. We, him and I were posing like we we're on the cover of a romance novel. Um, <laughs> so we were just doing all these crazy stuff. And, you know, I started like researching the show and trying to get more lines. And then people started throwing me crazy lines that I could use, you know, like how many licks does it get to the middle of a Cornish game head? And just nutsy stuff like that. And we just started rolling with it. And I ended up at a big con, which was Great Lake, or sorry, Grand Rapids Comic Con. And um, we shot, I think it was six interviews in one day there. By then, we'd gotten the banner for the background. We had a guy on a boom mic. We had two lights, two cameras going, and a photographer. It, it just turned into this whole big thing. It was the first time we'd done like the full set, the full background, the everything. And so we're there and Ross Marquand is there, you know, played um, Red Skull and uh, he was on The Walking Dead and, you know, yeah. he's rumored to be the next Moon Knight and all this. And I'm thinking, OK, it's a long shot. So I went over there and I, I walked up to Ross and I started to talk to him and he had a crystal form hanging out of the bottom of his beard. And he's looking at me and this thing is swinging back and forth and I'm dressed as Space Ghost. 
So I'm talking to him as Space Ghost. So I'm talking to him about his dingle hopper that's hanging out of the bottom of his beard and how it looks like a whatchamacallit that usually hangs out the bottom of your pants. Mm. And we go into this whole thing at his booth in front of the line of people of him and I bannering back and forth in this crazy, like weird, like interview. And he's like, I want to do this. I got to check with Warner Brothers to make sure, but I want to do this. Cool. Next day, I go over there. I'm like, what time can you do this? And he's like, they never called me back. So, so long as we don't talk about spoilers, we're fine. I'm like, seriously? I'm Space Ghost. Do you think we're going to get anywhere near any spoilers? No. (laughs) Yeah, it it was, yeah. Four o'clock rolls around. I'm in an interview and I've got um, Zara Fatal, who plays... She does the voice work on Young Justice and a couple other things. She does some anime, some other stuff. Her and I are interviewing. She's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. We're waving our arms around. There's this crazy picture of us, both with our arms up, staring at the ceiling. I don't know what we were talking about at the time, but it's the goofiest looking picture. He comes He comes running into the booth, throws his bags down, and walks into the interview and hugs us both. Like, what is going on? Ross Marquand just ran into our booth on the other side of the con. I've got league members standing around staring at us with their mouths wide open because the Red Skull is standing in our booth and he's hugging people. And we launch right into this interview and we literally start talking about his whatchamacallits and dinglehoppers right away. I think we were actually talking about his testicles for 20 minutes. (laughs) Not for sure, though. But it was crazy. And there was one point where we started using, oh, just the letter D, dangling dinglehopper duckwork descending from the deadly ceiling. And we're just like going off and we're just bantering back and forth on complete and utter nonsense. (laughs) It it was awesome. And he ends the interview by hugging all of us again. And then he kind of half-assedly lays down on the floor and signs our league shield and then hugs me again and just literally grabs the bags and runs away. Like wow. the weirdest, like it was crazy, but yeah, that that's like um, the weird uh, so far genesis of Space Ghost, I guess. That is so, so. cool, and it's amazing how uh, you know just hearing some of the lines you were dropping and some of the conversations you had with these people. You know, it's one thing to make yourself look like like him; it's another thing to sound like him. But it's a whole another thing to be able to hone in, tune into that personality. And based on what you were just saying, some of those conversations were, you're the deal. (laughs) You sound like Space Ghost. What do you guys remember the old Shazam TV show? I never watched it personally. Are you the live action one? Yeah, the live action one that was on TV in the early 70s, early to mid 70s. I'm aware of it, yeah. Okay, the guy who played Billy Batson on that, he was at a con recently, and I was doing some interviews there. I didn't get to interview him, but him and I were talking at his booth, and we ended up in a conversation about Will Chamberlain's toilet, about how, (laughs) you know, the guy who plays Billy Batson, he's like five foot tall. He's at a party with Will Chamberlain. Will tells him he can go use his master bathroom toilet, and how he, when he got up there, the toilet was custom made for Wilt, so it's like four feet off the ground, so he can't use the toilet. So he's got to figure out how to urinate in Wilt Chamberlain's toilet because you'd never get a chance to. I mean, if you got the chance to urinate in Wilt Chamberlain's toilet, wouldn't you want to take that chance? How am I going to pee in this toilet? It's four feet off the ground. I'm only five feet tall. My penis is like two and a half feet off the ground, so I'm either going to pee on my shoes in front of the toilet or I'm going to have to figure out how to get into the, the toilet. So he had to find a stool in Wilt Chamberlain's second floor to put in front of the toilet so he could pee 
into the toilet. That's <laughs> like, the conversations I have with people. <laughs> sounds like a kindergartner using the toy, just holding the front of his shirt up. Oh, yeah. He goes on the stool. Hands around his ankles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it's just, the conversation, just like as soon as they see Space Ghost, it's like, you know, the conversation is going to go insane. And if they know anything about the character, it's even crazier. It just goes like way off center. I know. Uh, the dude who uh, was doing the voice for, for Cyborg on Young Justice as well. And we were halfway into the interview and he starts talking about music and then about how we should form a band. And then we come up with a band name. So the, the band name is um, uh, Ghostoid or something. And then we're starting to write a song and we're pulling paper out onto the desk <laughs> and him and I are talking back and forth about lyrics. Now we're going to go on tour. We're going to take over the world with our metal band. You know, him as Cyborg and me as Space Ghost. And we're going to fly through the United States doing crazy music based on death metal, but with a Comic-Con bent with Space Ghost singing and him beatboxing for no apparent reason. <laughs> like that. You know, it just goes haywire. You just, we literally start with a question and you don't know where it's going to go. It's awesome. In true Space Ghost fashion. Exactly, yeah. That's how it's supposed <laughs> to be. Exactly how it's supposed to be. Man. Oh, there was an interview once where I literally just wandered off the set and the guest was just standing behind the desk talking. <laughs> I wasn't even there anymore. I was just standing like ten feet away, just waving at him, and then I came back on the set, and it's it was, it was so fun. <laughs> they hit me in the head with a microphone during the Ming Chen interview. That was great. Oh, there we're like go. halfway through the interview, and I get whacked in the head with the boom mic, and they left it in the the it's in the interview still. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's it's fun. It's like the. Like I do Batman a lot and Batman is so stoic and so serious and you can't smile. You can't have fun. And then you jump in space ghost and it is the, the opposite end of the spectrum. It's a lampoon. You can say crazy things. You can laugh. You can goof off. It's so much fun. It you're, just, you're it's just it's crazy. Both ends of the spectrum. No one expects any yeah. different from space ghost. either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is incredible. What? How much fun all of this must be together. Rewarding, uh, just oh, yeah. flat out entertaining. What a blast. And people can check out more about the League of Enchantment at uh, leagueofenchantment.org, as well as on yep. Twitter at League of Enchant 1, correct? Yes. Right. Now we have a very, very uh, busy Facebook page, League of Enchantment. And we're also on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel under League of Enchantment as well. That's the one. And, and as far yeah. as Space Ghost uh, videos, those are on the League of Enchantment YouTube page as well? Yes, they are. Awesome. And I and there's people... a whole bunch more coming out on there, too. Awesome. Ooh. Good. Good. Yeah, because <laughs> what I saw was pretty damn entertaining. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of those it. Those were like the first, like what we call the first season, because they're more rough, and I didn't have the background. We didn't have the stage set. All we had was the desk, and we were just rolling up to kind of like gorilla space ghost interviewing it was you know kind of chaotic but with the background and everything it just it lends a whole different aspect to it i'll tell you what candare knows about gritty first seasons yeah. of shows i tell you what we, we have a good <laughs> well seamus man thanks again so much for being here and we're yeah. going to be pushing this uh on our social media and on our website and uh, it's just been a blast. Thank you for sharing uh, those amazing stories with us, man. Yeah. And thank you for everything. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, mm -hmm. what great work you're thank doing. You. Keep it up. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's any end in sight. That's, that's good news for a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. 
we all enjoy it. The league is a an amazing group of people. If if, if anything. Look through our social media, our Facebook pictures, and you'll see pictures of the group as a whole going to picnics, having fun as a group, going on different outings. And not, and it's not just in cosplay. Out of it, we all were a big family, and we help each other. And we have a chat called the Nerd Herd, and like 60 of the members are in that chat. 60-member chat. It's insane. And there's never drama. There's never an issue. It's fun, and everybody helps each other. And, you know, somebody's car breaks down. We figure out how to get that taken care of. You know, we, we figure out how to get that person to wherever. You know, everybody helps. It's, it's just incredible. What a whole awesome. community. There. Yeah, exactly. How awesome yeah, it is. access to yeah. that community. Incredible. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You guys all keep up your amazing freaking work, and thank you again thank you. for doing it. Yeah, Jack. thanks for having me on. It's been Awesome. Oh, no, we'll get you back on in the future. This has been a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, become a patron, buy some merch, see some YouTube videos, and if you want to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And once again, don't forget to find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. Patreon, uh, forward slash Candair Pod, five dollars access to show. You know, you know how the <laughs> rant goes. Twenty eight you know? episodes. <laughs> you know More the rant. Soon. You know the rant. And uh, once again, don't forget to hear me and Randy's uh, interview with John Orlando and the PVD Cast. Uh, and again, by the time you're hearing this, that should already be available at pvdcast.com or if you search on uh, iTunes or your podcast player of choice, you should find it there. And uh, is there anything else before we leave? What if? <laughs> I love the show, but uh, we'll skip it today. I, I'm, I'm sick of the, doing the rant right now. And the, the show's on hiatus for right now, so it, it's it's coming back. It's not going anywhere. Between seasons. It's, it's between seasons, yes. Yes, that's a, very way to, that's a good way to church it up there, Jack. Yeah. Thank you. But uh, we're going to be going out again on the Adamaris song, April uh, from the EP Am I Human and this should be available on iTunes I believe aren't there albums or I no I think so yes. I think they are so be sure to stick around and hear that song and again we're going to be playing uh, their songs for the next five weeks very excited about that and hopefully going to be having more bands uh, yeah. giving us yeah. music in the future to keep the trend going I yeah, like yeah. this I like it so I think that's going to do it for this week until next time I am Jeremy Colley I'm Jack Doherty I'm Randy Hardenbrook Seamus Smith Thanks for listening, everyone.
giving up is not a choice Take my ears and use are mean, so I'm running away from home. Where you gotta go? I don't know yet, but that'll show them. <laughs> it sure will. Shipwreck! Parents just don't understand, and it gets lonely on the road, so be sure to listen to the Candare podcast. And now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Um, let me see here. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Went down the wrong pipe. <coughs> Cough break. <coughs> All right. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.